0: At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them?
1: So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies. Like friends do.
0: There's always room for more movie friends.
2: So sit back,
0: relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room.
1: Hello and welcome to Sifpop Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course, and this week I'm joined by Sifpop Pop Writer's John. Hello there. As well as Sam. What's up? We write for Sifpop.com, do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Uh, both of you guys recently had reviews published, right? Yep, yeah, fairly recent. Yeah, like I'm not. I I make the graphics like in a, in a bunch, and I'm just like, is it is it out yet? Like, but I I just remember making graphics for both of you guys. Um, I it, I
0: have one that's about to come due with devotion, but I have not written it yet. So stay that's tuned. That's the one.
3: That's <laughs> the one. Yeah, and uh, and John, you recently had um... uh, It was the Lindsay Lohan Christmas film. I forget what it's called now.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually reviewed called. it. And I can't remember the name. <laughs> yeah, it's that sounds about right. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> anyway, lots of good stuff on the website. Make sure to check out the website to keep up with everything, uh, including uh, I'll have a glass on review. interview. That's that'll definitely be live by the time this episode is live. So go check that out. Um, on the show, we'll be talking about coming attraction uh, two movies coming out this week that we'll get a chance to talk about for a little bit, preview them. And then um, we'll not, wow, I didn't update the notes. It says we'll be talking about the Jurassic films and that's not true. We're talking about avatar. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's okay we'll talk about avatar um given that the new one is coming out soon and um i you know, figured what a great excuse to talk about this movie um or for for me to like make me watch it you know <laughs> and then we'll do the b plot we'll talk about the best ever like visually stunning movies and then uh, we'll wrap up with the spinoff uh but first let's get a chance to know our writers this week um I want to know, like, if you guys have any, like, special Christmas traditions, like, are you, like, we have to watch this movie, this movie, this movie, or, like, um, you know, Christmas starts at this time, here's when we decorate, just what's, uh, whoever wants to go first, what, do you have any, like, special Christmas traditions, anything?
0: Yeah, I have a couple, I mean, every other year, we swap between going to my wife's family in the Midwest versus spending Christmas with my family here in, Arizona, so we kind of bounce back and forth frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say there's not really any major traditions. I, but I always go to the movies pretty frequently. Although I've never actually gone to a movie on Christmas Day, it. I don't think it'll ever happen. Are they open on Christmas favorite?
2: Day?
1: Yes. What's that? Oh wow! Many yeah. movies in America like have their like opening on Christmas Day. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Like um, like the big. Like there's always an animated one. Like I don't know why, like, but the one
0: I always default to is like t- 2012, ten years ago. Lay Miz came out on Christmas. Yeah,
1: big yeah. Typically, the big ones, the big end of the year stuff, they come out on Christmas Day here, because you know America capitalism. Yeah, that's great.
3: <laughs> nice, John. What about you? Um, I don't think I really have any kind of like traditional things that I always do at Christmas because I'm a. I think I'm a bit of a Scrooge, to be honest. <laughs> um, sure. But- There's a couple of Christmas films that I would always try and make a point to watch um, just because I love them. Uh, Love Actually and Muppet Christmas Carol. Hmm. I would probably try to watch those pretty much uh, every year at some point during the Christmas season. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of anything that I would make a point to do every year other than the things that everybody does, like put a tree up and decorate the house. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm relatively basic over here as well. I mean, just... uh... Um, I, 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 there's so many good Christmas movies that I haven't seen. So like, I try to knock a couple off every year, but like, I also want to get around to some of the classics that I like. Like, I still never saw Klaus, um, and I haven't seen um, Holiday in or White Christmas. But I'm watching White Christmas in a couple weeks. White so, Christmas is podcast. sort of
3: barely a Christmas film.
1: <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> which is it's
3: only the very last like ten, twenty minutes that is to do with Christmas.
0: I've got an obscure reference for you to try. You should watch Fat Man. That movie is hilarious. It's I know. The, that,
1: I remember that movie. Co- the um, that the, movie no, is- that wasn't the Mel Gibson, Gibson is- one, Santa. was it?
0: It's Mel Gibson as Santa. Yeah, uh, it is. Down by like, oh, I can't remember the actor's name right now, but Walton Goggins as a hitman who's been That's hired amazing. by the Naughty Kid to kill
2: Santa.
1: Yeah, I'm- for sure. I I might have to check that one out. But yeah, there's just like there's so many out there, you know, and um. I don't, I don't know. We have any, like we have to watch this, but, um, yeah. Uh, My wife's aunt does this thing where the day after Christmas, they go and spend the whole day at the movie theater. Um, I think it's the day after Christmas. Uh, So they like find because all the movies have released, but like nobody's really going the day after Christmas, especially if it's like a Tuesday or whatever. So you buy tickets, you stay there all day. Um, we did it last year actually on family vacation. So, um, I think we started off with uh, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner one, and then um, uh, which was fine. And then we saw, um, oh, geez, uh, West Side Story. And then we saw. The new one? Um, yeah. All right. Because um, this was last year. All right. Um, I see. And then we saw. Um, I saw Licorice Pizza while other people went and saw, I think, Spider Man, but I had already seen Spider Man twice at that point. Uh, and then. Something else I saw. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um I should tell you what you need to know.
0: Um <laughs> I, love not tradition, not bad tradition. I love that tradition. It's not gonna happen with either of my sides of the family.
1: <laughs> yeah, the problem. I don't the problem is I don't really know what's gonna be around this year. I mean, because like I'm one of those people I try to get to things like as they come out. I mean I've been really bad about that this year, but like usually it's like, oh yeah, these are mostly rewatches for me, except for the like Christmas Day ones. Um, so I don't really know. Like a, a lot of them too. Like, like I know Babylon. Like, it is technically like a Christmas release, but like it doesn't go wide until January six, and it's like mm. that sucks. Like, so makes me anyway. want to
0: move to New York, but then I see the rent prices, and I'm like, never mind. I don't yeah. care.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're nuts sure. now. Uh, these rental prices for films that have just come out. Oh, he's talking rent for like you know, like yeah, it's like, I live it's, in it's a like city. the same twice the price of going to the theater to see it. Yeah, exactly. no, it's like
1: for oh got it, got it got it yeah 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 um yeah so i don't know like i i like that tradition but man i don't know like i was looking at the like schedule for the rest of the year and i'm like what else is there like <laughs> babylon and that's it like <laughs> that's all it's i been, care about
0: like a family tradition that we do every year i mean as soon as the presents are done like i'm at the tv like let's turn on an nba christmas basketball and i'll just watch the christmas sure. game because but, i mean every year they have seven games and usually at least one of them is a really good game. Like the classic one people go back to was like five years ago was the like buzzer beater game between the Cavaliers and the Warriors when they were both still really good. So, I mean, I'll turn on those games, but that's the NBA was weird this year. So I don't know how much I'll watch.
1: There. <laughs> Fair. Well, I have one more question for you guys before we get going. Um, do you guys like roller coasters? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're Okay. Okay. That was a very quick, yes. <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is, cool. is, I mean, if you want to expound, you can. I don't know, like I'm afraid of heights, but I love roller coasters. Um it's it's and it's one of those things people ask like, so you're afraid of heights and you're terrified every time you're on a roller coaster, but you still ride. I'm like, isn't that the point? Like to get thrill. Like it's the same reason why people watch horror movies, right? Like cuz you want the thrill of the experience that is trying to give you even though it's an experience that I don't typically like, but I like in this context because I generally believe that I'm not going to actually die on a roller coaster, you know? Or like if I'm in a movie theater, that like, you know, Ghostface isn't in the theater, right?
0: Yeah. Not to step on like the recommend corner later, but there's this great YouTube channel I watch a bunch called Defunct Land, where all the guy does is talk about you about like previous rides in like Disneyland or other theme parks and the rides that were there. And it's always interesting stuff to hear about the history of a ride, or hear about the history of like a certain Disneyland park, or something like that, and how it happened. Because all I know is like it's Disneyland, it's magical, it's fun. And then you hear about the history, and it's like, oh, um, the French, the French citizens were not very happy that they called the Disneyland in Paris Euro Disney, and they weren't happy that they couldn't drink there either. So mm. it's fun to learn about that kind of thing. But yeah, that's it's really not called Euro Disney now. I don't think. I think it's I don't called think Disneyland so. in Paris. Something like that, but in the nineties when it
3: was first opened, they. Oh called yeah, it I think Europe. I remember that.
0: Yeah.
1: There is a <laughs> learn something new every day. Yeah.
3: there is a theoretical roller coaster I believe called the Euthanasia Coaster, which like has a like a fifteen hundred feet drop, and then it goes through like nine loops, and it theoretically it will kill you, but you'll experience like the biggest euphoria like imaginable before you die. It, huh. it would be absolutely <laughs> massive, uh, so <laughs> it would cost a fortune to build. And obviously, actually, somewhere where like, euthanasia is legal.
0: Yeah. It sounds like something to give to Elon Musk to try. We'll let him do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder how
1: you test something like that. Uh, the oh, same way. That oh science no, he's has still alive.
3: It. Didn't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's move on to a couple yeah. coming attractions we have this year. Um, so, John, I'll let you pick. Um, do you want to start by talking about Violent Night or Emancipation?
3: Uh, violent Night.
1: Violent Night is a new movie coming out this week, uh, starring David Harbour, um, Beverly D'Angelo, John Logosamo, a couple of faces that you might recognize, a couple of names you might recognize. Uh, When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Um, This is uh, essentially like a, a kid who is on the nice list like people breaking new is is holding his family hostage so he asks santa for help and then santa john wicks them right like that's that's kind of the vibe for the movie like because the synopsis doesn't really say like this yeah john wick at christmas um but probably not as smooth action i don't know maybe home alone or Saw. Like, i don't know either way
3: <laughs> um, far more violent than home alone
1: Uh, Home Alone should be more violent than it actually is.
3: Yeah, true. Its it's physics should be
1: taken into account. But yeah, no, I mean, like it's uh, maybe more like Nobody might be a better comparison because like Nobody still had like good action, but it wasn't like John John Wick is like next level. Anyway, just don't want to get people's expectations too high. Violent Night, um, you know, John, since you picked Sam, we're gonna start with you. Uh, we're we're gonna throw out your schedule, your budget, everything. Um, in in terms of factor, the only thing that factors is your free will. Um, Violent Night, if you. Could again factoring only in your free will? Would you go check this out in a theater? Would you wait till you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Or are you just not interested in seeing this movie?
0: I, I'm i always, I'm almost always a let's go see it in theaters because it's annoying when when directors and filmmakers are like, you need to see my work in a theater. That's how it's intended to be seen. But there really is an, a magical effect when you're in there. So I almost always default to that. That being said, I'm kind of tired of David Harbor. So I would go until I would probably go with Rent. I'm okay i'm gonna see it but i'm kind of tired of the david Harbour stick of like oh i'm the lovable slightly uh weird like action star it's like i've seen all four seasons of stranger things mm-hmm. i have watched black widow i know what you're capable of Will you try to do something else please
1: but and you just... also watched hellboy and <laughs>
0: suicide <Yeah>. squad like <laughs> yeah i've seen hellboy I barely remember that he's in the original suicide squad. I don't even know I that. only
1: remembered when I went to his IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, remember him in that at all. Dexter Tolliver? I think he's one of the like He's one agents.
0: of the like, or something like that in the CIA or whoever. Yeah,
1: he's one of the bureaucrats.
0: Yeah. He has to answer to Amanda Waller or she answers to him, I don't know, but whatever. It, it barely really counts. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, nobody
1: cares about but, that film. Yeah, true.
3: Um John, what about you? Uh, I'd probably say streaming, um, because I, I'm actually um, the opposite of Sam. I actually can't get enough of David Harbour. I, I absolutely love him in Stranger Things. I loved him in Black Widow. Um, I'm just a bit tired of these kinds of films, to be honest. That I, I'm not a massive fan of the John Wick films, and this looked like sort of every action film you've ever seen, just with Santa. You know, it, it has like the cliches of them yelling "Get down!" and kicking the door in, and guys with machine guns. Mm-hmm. Um, it did look like quite a good version of that kind of film and with Santa, you know, it's a bit of a sort of USP to it, I suppose, action film with Santa in it. Um, but I'm just not very interested in those kinds of films like in general. But the one thing that might make me want to watch it probably is Dave Harbour, I would say. Uh, I'm going to go ahead
1: and I'm going to say I'm going to see this in theatres. I'm really excited to see this movie. Um, I signed up for the Civ Pop review. Um, to do it so i'll be taking care of that um as well and it was just one of those it really feels like this should be like a straight to video movie right like with this concept and even like david harbor is not like a he he's a he, he's a good name but he's not like you know an a-list actor or anything like that so a
0: movie star where he can really open the movie by himself but this is a unique window for him to see if he can open it a yeah. movie by himself because it's the two weeks in between when Avatar Two comes out and after the Thanksgiving movies, so he well, could surprise us.
1: And Beverly D'Angelo and John Leguizamo are also not something to scoff at. But either way, like none of these actors cost too much money. Um, and and like the co- and like it's a. I don't. Th- I don't think it's a known director. Um, no, uh, I Tom Tommy Ricola, Um Check his IMDb see if he's done anything that is going to make me sound like an idiot. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, dead snow that's i remember that oh hansel and gretel witch hunters i kind of like that movie um <laughs> um <laughs> it looks like he's only oh no there's been yeah wrote and directed them the trip which i know a good amount of people liked um anyway the uh this movie's just my jam i mean i i think i've missed a lot of the ones that are supposed to be like this but stupid like i, I think i just happen to miss them i really like the john wick movies i I'm kind of in the middle on you guys on David David Harbor. Like, I don't really want more of him, but I also don't want less of him. Um, but I I actually didn't see Hellboy, so maybe that has to do with it. Um,
0: doing you yourself a service by never seeing that movie. Yeah, That's I what, didn't see it, it either
1: when it got single digits on Rotten Tomatoes. I figured so. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's nine percent. So, um, I was tempted to because um, I went Walmart um steelbook shopping because I saw something where. There was a bunch of steelbooks in their $7.50 movie bin. And so I ran to Walmart and uh, and I did I found like six copies of the Hellboy steelbook. And it looks gorgeous. And I'm like, mm, I can't do it. So um, I thought about buying it, but I didn't.
0: With that cover, imagine a perfectly good looking Granny Smith apple with like five worms in it. Just think of that.
1: Pretty much. That's that was my understanding. I was like, oh, but it's so pretty maybe I could just take the discs out and put in the Guillermo del Toro one because it really doesn't say like show any, it's not specific enough, but eh. Um, so uh, look, I think I just haven't seen the bad ones of these. Like, and and in a way I'm like, this one really looks like it ramps up the ridiculous level. Like, I think when nobody was marketed, it was marketed as John Wick, if it were funny and John Wick is funny ish when it wants Mm -hmm. to be, but nobody was at like, because there's that, that like money shot line from nobody where was like give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet and like i was like i'm here for this like i want this so bad uh and then nobody was like a pretty serious movie with a couple of funny moments and i was just yeah. like a little bit disappointed by that um but i still really like the movie i can see
0: this being that same kind of way because i i saw the trailers for nobody and i was like oh with saul goodman but with military training okay great let's yeah. do it and then I see this, and it's like you're saying. It's definitely like, let's ratchet it up. Now Santa Claus is mad at somebody, so
1: let's do it. But, I mean, like, nobody was marketed as a comedy first, and I think it's not. It's a comedy second or third. This one, I think, is comedy first, and for that reason, I'm, I'm just ready to go to a theater and have a blast for this one. I'm really excited to check this one out, actually.
3: This actually looked more serious than that. It didn't look like a comedy. I mean, obviously, Santa and like, this kind of action film it has to be some element of comedy but it actually looked more serious than i was expecting from the trailer
1: it looked yeah. more serious than when i yeah when i when i heard what the movie was about and i saw the trailer i was like oh there's actually a story here and there's actual stakes and john leguizamo looks actually like scary so like i think it's going to balance them well but i'm trying to think of maybe a good recent example of a movie that is just bonkers enough but just serious enough like um it's gonna bug me if i don't find one now um somebody say something while i think of something
3: <laughs> go on to my movie list to look at it i've actually still not seen nobody so i can't even comment on how serious that is what's odd i know i'm
0: throughout like the better call Saul comparison just because bob odenkirk is in it but it did kind of have that similar tone in some respects not as intelligent i would say but there was a lot of good jokes in there, and there was a lot of comedic elements, but it was more of an action movie for the most part. The guy who did steal that movie was, I can't believe Christopher Lloyd was in it, and that he was the best part of the movie. Like, he was sure.
3: great. Oh, well. Yeah, I do love Bob Ovenkirk. Bob I'm going to have to watch it at some point. Is Guardians of the Galaxy maybe a good comparison?
1: Maybe the like, second. Cause, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because like that one actually has a good story, but it is kind of bonkers and ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, I honestly-
3: there's certain the scenes that are bonkers I like the Second
0: guardians more than the first one sometimes but I, or, I think the second one's more of a fit for this kind of comparison
1: or maybe the suicide squad there like, you go like, yeah actual, yeah, actual yeah. good stakes but also like is not afraid to just have a fart joke you know um, toilet humor and, and make it work yeah so maybe that's a good comparison like i, I i'm really feeling like this might actually be both intimidating and hilarious uh it's definitely funny based off the trailer i i smile every single time i see it so i'm really excited to see this i i get the fatigue of this genre i just i i think that there's so many movies like this but they're often straight to streaming or straight to DVD. this is a theatrical release this isn't like straight to netflix or anything like it's going to be at least in the u.s it's going to yeah. be like a full-fledged movie release and this isn't even like a simultaneous or this isn't like straight to vod so like obviously you can expect that quality when you get like straight to VOD or straight to Netflix or whatever. But um, I mean, the fact that it's just a theatrical release gives me a lot of hope. So maybe that's the difference here. Why, why I'm still excited as opposed to sighing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this one? No. Okay. So then that just leads us to emancipation. This is a new Will Smith movie coming out on Apple TV plus um, December 2nd for both these. Actually, so, for this one it says, in theaters December 2nd. My guess is that's a limited release. It'll be on Apple TV Plus December 9th. Um, So, Emancipation, a runaway slave forges through the swamps of Louisiana on a torturous journey to escape plantation owners that nearly killed him. Uh, Let's see, directed by Anton Fuqua, as mentioned, starring Will Smith, starring Ben Foster. Um, I don't recognize anybody else here. Um, A couple people, like, pretty far down the IMDb, but um not necessarily the top people so uh emancipation um sam you started off the first time so john let's start with you this time same scale theaters stream rent or
3: skip uh i probably say rent just because this does look really good but at the same time it looks depressing um, <laughs> um but yeah i really like 12 years a slave the one time i saw it but i don't think i'm ever going to watch it again um sure but yeah this this definitely looks uh like it's it's going to be a very enthralling uh, kind of story always like will smith um i guess uh, this is probably going to get a lot of publicity because it's probably his first big film since the slap um but yeah he, he's always really good he looked really good in this trailer uh look I, I like the black and white as well i think that's possibly that's kind of a schindler's list sort of thing that's sort of level of uh, depressing although 12 years of slave was in color wasn't it it was um but yeah yeah uh, looks really good looks like a bit of an oscar bait uh, kind of film maybe um, but uh, I like those kinds mm-hmm. of films yeah, in general. So yeah, uh, probably won't see it more than once, uh, at least not anytime soon. Um, but yeah, definitely excited. Well, this is, yeah. you know, it is
1: Oscar bait movie in some regards, but like it's released by Apple TV, which had the film that won the best picture Oscar last year. So like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, just going to do, do it again. Service either. Yeah, maybe um, we'll see. I don't really, I don't actually know what the front runner is. Um, I have no idea. Like I, I, at this point I have to assume that both top gun Maverick and everything everywhere all at once will both be in that category. But like Babylon is almost sure to be, um, I'm sure this will be if the reviews turn out well, um, triangle of sadness. I had a lot of buzz the menu, like, but I don't really know what, what the front runner is. Um, but I mean, this is always me at the start, at the end of November. I'm like, you know, what movies are going to be? And then all of a sudden there's a million movies that I've never heard of that are like, oh yeah, check out this one. You're like, that's incredible. So anyway. Um, and looking uh,
0: at variety for their best picture predictions, they're saying the number one thing is Fableman's, followed by Banshees and, oh. and then Tar. And then yeah, those all,
1: those all are probably going to, yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Well, Fableman still hasn't released wide yet, so it's not quite in public consciousness yet, at least. In my. I
0: feel like I know we're going to. I know we're talking about emancipation, but I feel begrudgingly bored to have to see the Fablemans because every time a director's like, look at my childhood and like, look at what I did to like, get through, I'm like, well, you get off your high horse, man. You make movies. <laughs> like, relax. So, what are
1: your thoughts on emancipation then, Sam?
0: Oh, I am. I am see it in theaters for the discourse around Will Smith and everything that's happened <laughs> post. I'd probably say streaming service for the actual movie. I think it could get some awards buzz. I think Will Smith is always a great performance when given a good script and a good opportunity. But I'm really here for the discourse because I just want to see what people are going to say about it because of everything that's happened post the Oscars of 2022. Uh, the other fun thing I just looked up as I dug into the cast was apparently Stephen Ogg is in this movie. Who, if you don't recognize the name, that's Trevor from uh, from Grand Theft Auto Five.
1: Oh, I didn't recognize
3: the name. There we go. So that
0: was fun to dig into that and look. Was and he see, in oh the Walking God.
3: Dead, by any chance?
0: Yes, he is. Yeah, Walking okay, Dead I well. know who that is. Yeah. So I was excited accept- when I saw him. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that's like like a little sprinkle on the top of this Sunday for me to like show up and watch this. More yeah, he's really good. Wait until it's on Apple
3: TV.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah uh i again again i'm gonna be a little higher than you guys Uh, i'll go ahead and say theaters for this one as well i don't particularly care much about the discourse for the will smith stuff i remember when when the slap happened um the there was a lot of concern like apple was considering either pulling this movie or delaying it or whatever like i remember that being like a big thing They're like he already has a film that like he's working on and he may lose work for this and like look i definitely the the problem is like it's too much time has passed and like but part of the problem is like nothing really has happened right like nobody's really acknowledged anything in any meaningful way since then so like it's almost one of those that like i feel like the academy is just hoping oh just forgive and forget i guess and and it's like but like it we don't have to dig it all all through it up again all through it up again but it's just like i don't care much about the discourse because there hasn't been discourse for a while and it just seemed like nobody cares anymore um, except for yeah. people that are like yeah. I just want to watch people care yeah. and it's like the problem is I don't think people care anymore
0: yeah and I don't think many people do care anymore and I think that's a good thing but it's kind of like the like I enjoy sitting back and watching like the chaos of like people caring about something that should not matter anymore like he apologized and Chris Rock is already making jokes
3: about it in his special so who cares but I think <laughs> Chris it, Rock goes in ones for it really he's uh, made a lot of money I think
0: yeah just do done- He's done well off of it. Good for Chris Rock, and I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm excited for the discourse, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's time to like look at this and laugh," because that's how I feel about the whole thing. As a movie itself, I hope Will Smith does well, just because I like him as an actor. And yeah, happy oh to yeah, see he,
3: he looks really good. In this. In
0: it. So <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm in theaters because John. I think you're right. This is uh, kind of Oscar baity, but at the same time, like, what's wrong with the movie being Oscar baity? Exactly. Like,
3: yeah. Same. Nothing.
1: Like unless it becomes too paint by numbers. Like that's when it becomes a problem. That's what problem
3: is my like, opinion.
1: Well, but I mean there are movies that you could tell they're like, oh, this is just going for an Oscar and then it winds up like losing any sense of originality or any sense of passion from the filmmakers. I mean, or the passion is winning an award, you know. So certain films definitely get that way. I mean, maybe gosh, uh is a good example the King Speech for that?
0: Yes very 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 good example
1: which i like the king speech i saw it once when it came out i haven't seen it but it's been on my like want to re-watch it list um because i really like it and i am not mad that it won best picture that year
3: um i'm only mad cause inception came out the same year that's fair yeah um, I'm also because social network came out that year Okay, yeah, that's, true. that's also another. also
1: fair one. i like king's speech but both of those are definitely better movies um <laughs> but yeah i'm like maybe like maybe that is a good example or um uh shoot like american hustle maybe i mean that was nominated for so many oscars i that it's not really I mean, oscar baby i mean it kind of was but like it was still a david o russell film like yeah, yeah the same thing
0: david way. o russell in amsterdam came out this year and i feel like that movie while fun and actually kind of enjoyable to watch like as soon as I walked out of it, I was like, that was a fun time, but there's no way that's going to win anything. And they pitched it like it was some kind of awards movie. And I don't but, think it's a caliber,
1: but like even maybe take a look at films that you might want to consider Oscar bait. Like there's some of the best films that like power of the dog last year. Right. I think you could yeah. easily consider that. Yeah. And it's a great that. film. Yeah. Um, you can look at um, the it maybe even Drive My Car from last year. Like I mean, I guess that's an international one, but like that's a great film, a great made film um, that you could definitely call Spotlight, but Spotlight is one of the best films of the last decade, um, if not one of the best films of all time. It's on my top 100 list. Um, it, my point is, as long as... Like, a movie can be Oscar-baity, but that almost maybe more excites me to see it, but, you know, as long as it's still... Is going to feel oh, maybe House of Gucci is a great example of one that really flopped. Last there we go, there we go. That's an excellent example. Yeah.
0: Um, How I think so, of it is like Oscar bait is not a problem, but I would think you're shooting yourself in the foot if that's the whole reason why you're making a movie. If you're making it, yeah, you get the awards, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you need to be more wholesome with your reasoning for why this movie is being made and why you're t- undertaking this kind of project. And I respect. I respect people for trying to win awards. Like I tried to get performance awards at work. It's totally understandable. And it's something great to put on your resume. Yeah. But when it's that transparent that this is what you're doing. Then it does become kind of like, all right, I, we see what you're going for here, man, relax. But
1: well, and there even are, you know, actors that are doing that now. Like it's, oh, yeah. I think relatively obvious that, you know, they, that everybody was trying to get Will Smith and Oscar, you know, in the making of, king richard um okay. like it, it and that's fine right it worked um he, he got deservedly it yep. won yeah um you know but like he, he gave an incredible performance and won the oscar fine but it's you know but it, it's almost like one of those like i look at brad pitt's career and i know he's always done silly things but like it really seems like the last couple of years he was really ramping up like trying to get an oscar and then he got he, it I and see, he won an like, Oscar for once upon a time in hollywood oh wow i didn't even remember that yeah a best supporting actor. So but now that he's got his Oscar, and that's already that's already kind of a little bit of a like chill, relaxed, even silly role. But like not you know that's, that's kind of silly, yeah. Now he's more interested in doing things like bullet train. It's like, yeah, cool, that's fun. So
3: yeah. um is a very sort of Brad Pitt scene on the roof where he has his shirt off, certainly in yeah. in that film. So anyway, it's just one of those um
1: I'm really excited for this movie. Um I think it's a great story um, from what I can see, uh, like it's a story that I I want to see uh, that excites me. Apple TV Plus has has probably the best track record for original content, like yeah. percentage wise. Is that fair to say?
3: I've only seen Ted Lasso and Coda on there, so I don't know. I mean, I but still, those
1: good. are both incredible to me. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're both
3: pretty really good. Um, it's not but an like statement. I'd say I'd say it's
0: pretty accurate. They make good stuff, and yeah. They
1: tragedy of Macbeth. Um, even like that Tom Hank greyhound, like people like that quite a bit. Uh, Cherry's really, their only like miss cherry's a bad movie. Um, that's really their only, (laughs) you like cherry.
0: I like Tom Holland and cherry the rest of the movie. It's hit or miss for me, but I feel like, like, I think that was the Russo brothers, like kind of giving Tom Holland, like an apology movie, like, Hey, we're sorry. We made Spider-Man a joke for those two Avengers movies. Like here, we're going to let you like act. And yeah. I did well, the rest of that movie, though, is like it's hit or miss for me.
1: But like either way, like that's that's kind of their only miss right now. Like even their even their TV is really acclaimed, um, you know, like all like I don't know that anybody has anything bad to say about like any of their content. Right. Like or, I mean, like there's things bad to say, but they generally err on the side of good. So, yeah. Yeah, Apple yep. TV is Apple. only just like to me. Apple TV is the icing on the cake, kind of like how you said the guy that plays Trevor in um, uh, GTA is the icing on the cake. Yeah. So that's it for me. Um, yeah, I think I've talked to enough. <laughs> you guys have anything else? Go uh, Trevor.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't have Apple TV, so I, I can't comment too much on their content. Uh, I got I think I got yeah. it for a month just to watch Ted Lasso, and then I cancelled it because mm-hmm. I could not find anything else there that really like spoke to me.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, that's maybe fair. Their content is not quite like they're, ca- they're building a catalog. Um, so I wouldn't fault anybody for not fronting the money now, but just waiting. I mean, you if know, it's you,
3: not like if you're paying for a streaming service like on a monthly basis, you've got to have something on there to watch like every month. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I just or, couldn't. Or even that. like
1: Disney Plus, like you have an, an insane back catalog. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah.
3: There's so much on so, Disney Plus that easily day. justifies its uh, monthly fee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, argue HBO Max is the is the better
0: best overall streaming services because they have HBO can give you plus they have all that Warner Brothers back
3: catalog mm-hmm. stuff to show you. Yeah, I agree with that. I wish we had that here.
1: That would be great, wouldn't it? I'll write a letter to somebody, but I don't really know that they're reading fan mail right now. <laughs> oh no, no. Uh, let's see. So that'll take us to uh, the uh some time to promote some stuff. If you guys have heard some thoughts about what John and Sam have to say. Uh, then you can hear more of their thoughts on wherever they want to promote. Uh, John, let's start with you. What do you want to send people?
3: Um, IMDB uh, is John JohnTilliard86. Uh, excuse me, not IMDB. What am I talking about? Instagram. <laughs> I was
1: just wondering.
3: <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm not on IMDB. Sorry. Instagram uh, is John Tillyard at 86 uh, And uh, I did have a YouTube channel, but I don't really uh, post anything on there anymore. So it's uh, probably no point uh, going there. Uh, so yeah, just my Instagram, I think, would be the the main place to go and find me. Sure, and uh, you, John, Sa- Sam, sorry,
1: <laughs> uh, I'd
0: probably say letterbox cinematic sam six two three, and then my own website of cinematicsam dot com.
1: There you go. Just a quick reminder, patreon.com slash SIFPOPWR if you want to check out other fun perks that uh, is offered over there. Uh, Let's move into the SIF topic. We'll talk about Avatar, uh, the 2009 film, little movie you might have heard of. Um, Did a couple of box office records. So Um, Avatar, um, we'll be talking about the whole movie in spoiler fashion. So if you haven't seen it and for some reason you don't know what the movie is about, I mean, right i mean that's the thing but also like who really cares like i i want to issue a spoiler warning but it's like you kind of know exactly what the movie's going to do um from minute one you know it's a pocahontas ripoff immediately uh at the very least because you've seen the memes for the last 10 years uh anyway uh i want to know about your experience with the with the film i have a franchise here i mean i guess it is a franchise only film right now um did you guys catch it in theaters? Check it at home? How many times have you seen it? Were you one of those people that like saw it eight times? Or whatever. When's the last time you've seen it besides recording like this week or for this recording? Um, and uh, yeah, just in general, your history before you give away how you feel about the movie. Uh, let's start with you, Sam. Uh,
0: I definitely saw it in theaters. I wouldn't have been older than 13 when I saw it. and I remember it being a good time. Uh, I have very few memories of it. I remember seeing it when I like stayed over at a friend's house when I was about 13 years old for some reason his dad got it on sale and was able we were able to watch it in their house like two months after it came out I don't know if his dad Sally. had version version of it I don't know how he got it but we were watching it on his couch instead of going to the theaters again um and then I didn't see it again maybe one other time until I watched it for this pod yesterday I did some I have some box office stuff I want to bring up that I actually wrote notes about as to okay. why this why I don't think this movie should be considered the box office King. Uh, mm. but I don't want to like, okay. just, but I don't want to sit here and get in the way of John. So John, please give your thoughts and I can come back from that box office stuff later.
3: Well, I think he wants my experience with the film first. Yeah. yeah. That's what he's saying. Okay. So, yes. uh, I saw it when it came out. Uh, like, I think I saw it opening weekend actually. Um, I can't quite remember. And, uh, I actually dozed off like towards the end of uh, the film because uh, it's a really long film. (laughs) So I actually went back and saw it uh, like a couple, a week or so later. uh, And I didn't fall asleep that time. Uh, The first time I actually saw it in 3d, it was like one of the first films I had seen in 3d. And it was the film that sort of made me think uh, that actually 3d wasn't that big a deal because I sort of noticed like the first couple of shots, because it's actually an early scene where guys are like floating around because they're in space or something. I'm thinking the 3d looked really cool there. But after that, I just stopped noticing it to be honest. Um, See, so yeah, I saw it mm. in two D uh, the second time, and uh, th- after that, I think I saw it on Disney Plus when it just dropped on there, uh, like maybe about a year or so ago. I just thought, you know, since it was on there, I just watched it again, and I think those are the only times I've seen it prior to uh, rewatching it uh, for this podcast. True, sure. I didn't catch it
1: in theaters. Um, I don't know why. I I don't know. I I think there was a kind of an association of like I I did not grow up watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, I still haven't seen the show. It's on my list. Um, and like, so the fact that this is called Avatar, like, I, I guess I, maybe at, at some point thought that like, there was a connection there. And I was like, well, I have no experience in this world, so I'm not rushing out. And of course, there's no connection but um but i think it was also just it was one of those it was maybe too hype and i was like i just don't really care about the movie like i didn't i didn't appreciate visual effects and you know cinematography and special effects and all that like in a way that i do now i mean sure i appreciated it when it looked cool in transformers but like you know not 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 necessarily anything to like this level and i was just like sure another another movie but like this is 2009. So this is like what a year after Iron Man. I was way more interested in Iron Man 2 than seeing this movie or, you know, um, uh, The Dark Knight Rises because the year after Dark Knight, like way more interested in anything like along that level of like film making, you know, way more interested in franchises. This is probably like right before I really became a movie person. Um like, I think I'd already been, but well, I really started to like embrace that. So, um, I just missed it in theaters. And then I caught it because it was a worldwide sensation. I caught it on Blu ray after it came out. And I was like, it's fine. Um, sure, it's pretty, but it's fine. Uh, and then I watched it last night, uh, yesterday more. And that's the first time I've seen it since. I really wanted to go to the, to the recent like IMAX re release that was like upscaled to 4K. Um, I just didn't have the time to get there. So, um, yeah, that's that's on me, uh, uh, Sam. Let's hear your box office stats. And white shouldn't be considered king. Let's go. Okay,
0: so I'm going to ask you guys a basketball-related question first because that is my other main love here. If I told you player A had seven NBA championships and player B had six NBA championships, who would you default to being the better NBA player? <sighs> I would well, not. Short answer like is
1: seven, that. but a player doesn't make a team.
0: Exactly. Thank you. That's the perfect answer. I didn't catch what you said, John. I'm sorry. I,
3: I would not judge them based on how many championships they won, I don't think.
0: Exactly. So player A, who's won seven championships, is uh, role player Robert Ori, who won two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, and then two with the San Antonio Spurs. And player B is Michael Jordan. So put those two comparisons together. Yes, Michael Jordan's a better player than Robert Ori. So let's look at some stats here. The main competitor, I would say, for Avatar is probably Avengers Endgame, correct? Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because so, it
1: dethroned it, and then Avatar re-released because yeah. it did it. Oh, really? Right. I
3: didn't know that. I was going to say, I thought Endgame was uh, number one now. It,
1: it was, was, and then Avatar re-released, essentially because it was only a couple hundred thousand away. Oh, I'm with then... you in that
3: case, Sam. That That's cheating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, And then here's some other things about who what it went up against. So, in the months following its release in mid-December 2009, I don't remember the exact release date, uh, the movie's it went up against, and the box office were, in January, there was Leap Year, Book of Eli, and Tooth Fairy, amongst other movies that I really don't know or remember much, and I have only seen Book of Eli out of those movies. In February, Dear John came out, the first Percy Jackson movie came out, Wolfman came out, and Shutter Island. Shutter Island, great movie, but the rest of those, I'd probably say, these are not nearly as memorable movies. And then March is really where it like started to fall off the top spot. But it remained in the top 10 for a while. Some March movies that came out were Alice in Wonderland, Remember Me, and then the first How to Train Your Dragon. So it finally ran into some competition then. And I will give it credit. The first month it came out, it actually came out, like I think the same day as the very first Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, hmm. or if not one week after that movie. So it had some competition to start and it maintained that first position, but it only made $77 million. It's opening weekend, it's very beginning weekend, which for a December release, I'm not going to say it's unimpressive, but there's been a lot bigger December releases in the years since then, and I think that's something to go against it. It did stay in the top 10 for 14 weeks, very impressive work in that respect, but all that combined with very little competition, those three months where it was basically going up against sorry fans of Dear John, Book of Eli, and remember me, it was kind of going up against crap. It was like stomping on everything in Wary, and it just kept making money because there was nothing else for people to go see in theaters that was of that note. I would still say it's a good movie, but I would say the fact that it got dethroned by Endgame and then they had to re-release itself to get back the top spot, it's a little bit of a petty move in my opinion. So I wouldn't give it that crown anymore.
1: So versus, yeah, versus Endgame, which released in the, in summer box office season, you know.
0: Exactly. Or honestly, I would say Star Wars Force Awakens is even more impressive because it's, that's the only
1: movie. That's the domestic champion. It is. And
0: it's got like $930 million, uh, which is like the head and head and shoulders above everything else for domestic only releases. I'd still probably lean Avatar between the two of them just because that run is pretty impressive regardless, but between the two, I'd say there's a good argument you could make for Force Awakens, and I would probably take Endgame over Avatar every day of the week.
1: I think I think only initial run of theaters should count. So I think Titanic is number three yeah. of all time, but it's had
3: a million. I, I didn't releases. even realize they counted uh, re-releases. They, they do. do.
1: <laughs> yep. So I think only um, I think only dem- only international initial release. As soon as it's not in theaters anymore. Um, or at least not wide. It was in theaters um, like for a it, long time. It was in theaters for a long time. Yeah, Titanic and Avatar. But like as soon as like it's not in theaters anymore during its initial run, um, that's when the box office cutoff should stop For as far as what's the record. I also think we should adjust for inflation. And if we do, then Gone with the Wind takes the cake by a long, long, long time. Long mile. So um, oh, wow. that's um, if adjusted for inflation, Gone with the Wind blows everything out of the water. What was that just, up against? Gone with the Wind, like nineteen twenty something. I don't know. Yeah, was there anything um, else it was up against? I'm not sure, but it ran for forever, and everybody saw it. And so the box office numbers only have it at like three hundred thousand dollars. But you adjust that inflation a hundred years ago, and it's like yeah. five billion. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Gone with the Wind original release date is January seventeenth, nineteen forty. Hang on, let me look up its uh, its box office gross. Hold, please. Three po- adjusted for inflation, they say it's like three point four billion.
1: Yeah, so uh, which is like, yeah. which is like yeah six hundred k above yeah. Endgame or Avatar. Yeah.
0: yeah, oh, it's like a billion over everything else.
3: Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah. I was gonna say way ahead.
0: Endgame. I don't and remember what the number two point six or like two point three. Three point hmm. four is like you'd have to have another billion on top of what you made to be able to say that.
1: Overall, That's fair. it
0: only made only it made three hundred ninety three point four million. I would assume. That would also count towards like, that would also count for re releases if people are re releasing it as well. But
1: yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think it should only count original release international, in which case I think that does make Endgame the champion. But Force Awakens, strong argument. Anyway, um, how do you guys feel about Avatar? Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to say I think the movie's just okay. Uh, John, what about you?
3: I like it, sort of maybe back end of liked it. And Sam? I would say probably hovering between low end
0: of Like Did Like John or high end of Just Okay. The part that sold me when I rewatched it yesterday, I forgot how good Stephen Lang is in this movie. I think he's the only one who knows like what kind of movie he's in and like is completely selling the part that he has.
1: But in that regard, he seems to be the only one that knows what kind of movies he's in. But So everybody else, I think, almost takes this movie too seriously. Like, yeah. It, it's almost a deterrent because... I think this movie could do with taking itself a little less seriously, and so a little bit more like Stephen Lang is playing it. But because he's the only one playing it this way, everybody else kind of seems off. And what is Michelle Williams doing in this movie? Like, (laughs) one of these things is not like the other. Michelle Rodriguez, sorry. Okay. Um, What (laughs) is Michelle? One of these things is not like the other. Um, Lady needed
0: a break. That's what I take away from that. Lady needed a break from Dom, so she flew some planes in space. Go yeah. Down, yeah. look,
1: she does her role fine but like it's one dimensional as hell and entirely unnecessary character um, sorry for fans of that character I guess like there's in an already overcrowded that. in an already overcrowded movie um, it, it's easily something that could have been cut and I'll say the same thing for the other avatar um, guy the guy that played the, what's his name in dodgeball and I could never unsee that like that character's essentially useless norm Um, I think he's Norm yeah you can easily cut Norm um, from the script Um, you know you can even
0: isn't bad in the movie I would say I think she's doing the best she can and I think the character's right, but I stopped taking her seriously as soon as she like pops out of her pod and is in this like super high tech like bubble of like this is where everybody goes in to go into their avatar and she's like who has my cigarette and I'm like you're not a scientist (laughs) that line
3: uh, (laughs) that's a dumb line
1: yeah yeah it's look it just this movie is simultaneously overcrowded with way too much and yet also doesn't have anywhere near enough to do like it's it it's weird because like there's so many characters there's so many like world building elements that they're trying to introduce but like there were long stretches of nothing happening and uh, it's so noticeable in a two hour and 40 minute movie This yeah. this movie feels longer than that um I remembered it as three hours and look 241 you especially in 2009 round up to three that that's insanely long i think maybe only like lord of the rings and casino like godfather like that's it you know (laughs) um most movies had gotten down to two hours or below two and a half maybe top so either way like i think i just imagined it as a three-hour movie because it feels like it
3: yeah i think it's like 242 or something
1: something like that it's a lot and and there's like very few credits, which is incredible. Surprise, like like very few runtime of credits, which is incredible considering how many people must have spent hundreds of hours working on this film. Yeah,
3: so, um, Th- no I
0: due uh, to like Zoe Saldana in terms of acting because I think she does. Of the people who are taking it too seriously, I think she does the best. Uh, but it is it's a motion captured performance, but that shouldn't negate anything in my mind. And she was a young star at that point; like she hadn't even done Guardians of the Galaxy
1: yet. The only thing uh, that she Star did Trek that- was the same year. Right. Yeah, she this done was a big Marvel. year for her.
3: Yeah. She was and a horror in uh, the new Star Trek.
0: And she was in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but that had come out like five years ahead of time. So that was a wild level for this one. Was,
1: okay. I, I was going to say, was the Losers. The Losers was the next year. Oh. I really like the Losers. Um, I might be the only person on the planet. Um, so. Um, yeah, the, the big. Part- yeah, no,
3: Go ahead. The big problem for me, uh, I think, is that there are, like you said, Aaron, uh, a lot of just elements of the story that kind of just get dropped and uh, don't really seem to matter at all. Like this one particular scene, like early on, where Jake has just gone into his body and they're all like, oh, this is dangerous, Jake. No, don't stop running around and everything. And there's no consequences to that. They just sort of so in messing around and saying you shouldn't be doing this. And then they just move on to something else. It's, mm-hmm. it's never addressed that he just disobeyed them. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. things like that. Norm's avatar. Uh, it's not exactly clear if he, if he dies at the end or not. Uh, Norm's not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's um, in the casting
1: list for the sequel. Um, So is hey, Stephen Lane. Stephen Lane's supposed to return. How does I'm he, about. oh yeah. I think from my understanding, I think we're supposed to believe that the avatar died, but yeah. he survived.
3: A lot of people were confused uh, by that. I was, re- I was reading up it uh, the other day and like a lot of people were debating, like did his avatar survive or not? know. Yeah. The, the fact that that's like up for debate and people aren't sure about it is kind of a shows that problem. They, they did yeah. like not a, pay attention to detail and like focus things properly and tell the story right.
1: Sure. And I wonder how much of it was Fox saying, hey, like you really need to make this shorter. So cut some things, you know, find some places to cut. Yeah, I, d- I definitely things. get the
3: impression they cut scenes because like certain things do just sort of get forgotten about.
1: Well, and you're not going to cut the ones that you spend hundreds and hundreds of hours on visual effects. Like you're going to cut something that maybe spent a couple hours of some visual effects, you know, um, you know, because if you cut like, l- let's say like one of the dragon writing, l- I'm going to call them a dragon. They're not dragon. Well, you cut one of the dragon writing scenes and like that's like thousands of hours just wasted, you know. <laughs> uh, so but I
0: be the Parker, the like. The executive kind of guy who is I forget what that actor's name is.
1: is Giovanni that, Ribisi.
0: That's a, okay. I would cut that dude completely because he is the yeah. stupid freaking line where he's like, You see this thing? It's called Unobtainum Unobtainium. It sells for twenty million a gram back on Earth. And I'm like, who didn't put in the like fake name for this? All you have to do is sit there for three seconds and go to random name jokes. It, it was an
3: existing joke, I think. Like even before the film came out. Like when there's a like a MacGuffin or thing. Like, like uh-huh. they just have to obtain in order to for there to be a story or something. They actually call it unobtainian, I believe. Like in in like the writers' room or something. Hmm. It's, it's like an ongoing joke or something. And they actually yeah. called it that, uh, like in the actual movie. So I, I guess it was just called that in the script, and they forgot to change it when it came to actually finalizing it.
0: If, if that's if that's true, and they left it there on purpose to be like, "Hey, look at this joke. I'm going to yeah, say probably you a joke, be yeah. and you shot yourself in the foot because it looks dumb.
3: It's so dumb. But, yeah."
0: That, I hadn't heard that explanation before. Thank you, John. I hadn't heard that.
1: I You're right. I think they could completely get rid of that character. I mean, we don't need to see greedy corporate person making greedy corporate decisions to know that a greedy corporate is making decisions. Like, we yeah. don't necessarily need to see that character to understand or even have it, have him only in that one scene. I don't need to see him three or four times making corporate
3: decisions yeah like, you know, like every scene he's in he's being an asshole like oh yeah just just run over these uh guys that are just getting in our way you know they need to learn that we, we won't stop or something
1: right like, yeah, it, yeah like it's you're right you could have you could have cut his character like i know we're harping on a lot of the negatives but i just 10 years at but 13 years after this movie's come out like we're finally getting a sequel it's getting four sequels there's two three four and five and like I'm kind of excited to watch them but at the same time like I kind of just don't care because I think this is a world I'm really interested in, and of course the visual effects are gorgeous it's easily one of the best film looking films ever made if not the best it absolutely is a triumph in terms of that but ugh.
0: It's like how I feel about whenever they announce there's another Godzilla movie coming from like legendary pictures. It's like I love seeing Godzilla or King Kong fight and throw down or fight some other kaiju. I don't care about any of the humans in those movies whatsoever. And I don't really care about like the human like allegory that you want to paint on top of this beautiful world you created. Just there. That's what I want to have happen.
3: It's why I find the story just being uninteresting kind of frustrating because I know I should enjoy this more than I actually am because it looks so good.
1: Well, and look, when I watch the Godzilla movies, I don't really care about story.
3: I think Kong Skull Island actually is a
1: really good story, but like the rest of them, take it or leave it. I really um, like that film. But you, but you take... So you have Kong, Kong Skull Island uh, or you, and, and then Godzilla and Godzilla versus Kong and King of the Monsters. All that. I don't watch any of those movies for anything other than to see Godzilla and King Kong be badass. So like, yeah. I don't care about the story. So I don't care when they have this stupid hollow earth thing in the middle of Godzilla versus Kong. I just don't because... I got to see Godzilla versus Kong and then Godzilla and Kong versus Mechagodzilla. And maybe it was all a little underwhelming, but, um, you know, it was still cool. And that's why I was saw it. And like, I feel like the reason to watch avatar is for the visuals. Um, and also like, it's a shame that this movie is so good looking because the score is so good and nobody ever talks about the score scores. I mean, people probably do. But when you say avatar, first thing you think of is visual effects. So I'm like, the score is so good. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, it's it's so frustrating because yeah you're trying to there should be a story here for for a 2 hour and 42 minute movie I should have a story I I think there's there's two kind of movies that I can enjoy it's ones where either the story is the essential thing um you know since we already brought up inception why not inception everything revolves around the story um or maybe even put I guess maybe three things. So story or you could say characters. Um, But I think characters kind of lumps in with my other thing where it's just kind of a vibe, right? Like, I don't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I really like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because there's a story that doesn't really make much sense. But that movie is just about trying to set you in an era and just give you a slice of. Yeah, Yeah, it is definitely 1970s Hollywood through the eyes of Quentin Tarantino Mm -hmm. and then a really Quentin Tarantino ending that is. By far, my favorite part of the movie. Um, so it's you know I don't really care much about the story when it's just kind of setting a vibe, you know. Um, yeah, I and was, there's plenty of movies that do that. I
3: was actually so talking. So to, the problem is Avatar does neither. I was actually talking to someone uh, uh, I work with once about how he'd just seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he was basically saying he didn't like it because there was no story. And I, I was saying, well, that's what kind of what I liked about it. You know, it, it's just a sort of fun <laughs> ride. You don't need to be interested in the story. It's just, a, yeah, it's an experience more than anything. Sure. So, so you, you I mean, can definitely like experience avatar. You don't need to be uh, interested in the story, but it, it's, you kind I of wants <laughs> there to be a story um, for you to take an interest in like how good
1: it looks. It's, it's one of those things. I think it passes in the theater, but watching it at home, I don't know that it quite does. Especially like, there's still not a 4k disc out there. Um, and, and it's, uh, I'm sure it's 4k streaming, but like, there's no 4k disc out there. They've only ever had a Blu-ray released and like, this really needs a 4k or maybe even an 8k like disc and I know 8k discs aren't a thing yet um but pretty soon yeah. <laughs> um maybe they thought so it those... was
3: just a good thing to do marketing for because you know since all the characters are blue I don't know if they could get up, <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it was just one of those like I wonder you can forgive a lack of story for something that's so visually interesting when you have it Looking as good as it's ever going to look in 2009. Well, I mean, I guess in an IMAX screen, probably in 3D. Um, You know, like even if you stop noticing it after a little bit, like it was really yeah, meant. The to 3D be didn't 3D.
3: do it for me, really. I mean, obviously yeah. it's been 13 years, but I don't, I don't remember ever really noticing it after about the first 10 minutes.
1: Right. I mean, that's kind of a good thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, maybe like that. It's not distracting.
3: You'd want it
0: to not be distracting, but I think at the same time, like there, sh- you should have as a director, as the people making this, you want to make sure you're actually utilizing that properly because then you're actually giving the people what they paid the extra $2 for $3 for on that ticket.
1: I think the thing for me about 3d that really helped was at some point they stopped trying to make like things come at you and they started just adding depth to the screen and that really helped like i like doctor strange and IMAX 3d is one of my favorite experiences cuz like it was all about the depth and so you have them going into the mirror dimension the mirror realm it's like all that looked really cool anyway the point is i i think the film gets a little less slack watching it at home
3: yeah yeah maybe so, maybe a little bit. um
1: that's also why i wanted to go see it in a theater again and experience the you know what i didn't get to in theaters the first time so i that's why I just... Story is so important for rewatches. Characters are so important for rewatches. And can can you name any character in the movie that is more than a one-dimensional anything?
3: No, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I can't think of any.
1: Like, Stephen Lang is G.I. Joe, right? To a T. Like, and he knows what he's playing and he's having fun with it. And so I'm having fun watching him. But like, the um, even our main character, Jake, is solely defined by his you know
3: he, he can't um, use his legs and now he yeah, can Yeah it. he's
1: he's, so, he's solely defined by his disability and the loss of his brother and even then the loss of his brother only seems like a plot point to get him into it's the there movie for
0: the first half to the first act that's just yeah. it's there to get him here
1: like and then he falls in love with Zoe Saldana who 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 wouldn't you know so uh, <laughs> like his only characteristic is that he can't walk um and then you know he, he, you have Sigourney Weaver, who apparently is defined by cigarettes, yep. uh, <laughs> and Stanford. <laughs> yeah.
0: When we when were talking about the visuals and the story part of this, an interesting comparison I thought of. First of all, the Pocahontas, Blue People Pocahontas comparison is perfect. My wife wanted to make sure that that got mentioned, so thank you for saying that, because she sat through it with me yesterday and hit me when I fell asleep during it a little bit. So, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you, honey. Um, but the inter- the comparison I'd make is like, we were talking about Red Dead a little bit before the pod, but like Red Dead Redemption, Mm Two, it has this beautiful visual, like you can get into this world and experience the old West, but there's actually a very good story about redemption and family and coming to grips with the end of your time and what you need to do with what's left of your life versus Avatar. We've been talking about the last 15 minutes. Like what's the story here? Corporate greed is bad. We didn't need Giovanni Ravici to tell us that. Like, we know this is
1: this is very much um imperialism bad like the movie and it's one note like the story is one note the characters are are one note um it's just it's just a shame because like the world is so gorgeous and i there's a there's really interesting stuff going on with um with the with the people of the world and the creatures and the way they interact and like that first scene where um where Jake kills one of the thing or, or injures one of the things and then i don't i don't know her name but there's always Pandora Natiri <laughs> Natiri where she um has to kill the thing she's like this is a sad moment like yeah like and he's like but that's a bad thing he's like but it's sad because death like and like so the way that the creatures like exist like all like that's really interesting and and the using the the hair to to like connect with another animal like <laughs> yeah th- there's a few that, like, interesting that, that's elements. why yeah. i am excited for the sequels yeah um i just hope they bring a story like a pretty good story on the sequel it. looks you like know.
3: it's doing a bit of world building maybe yeah and, and exploring it like new ideas with it.
1: It more, but
0: in his interviews cameron is saying like i wanted to make a more character-driven story and i'm like and why did you wait 13 years for more technology to do that i bet you haven't been writing a script for 13 years I bet you've just been building technology. No,
1: um, no, because even, uh, I think, isn't Cameron the only writer on this film?
0: Let's go to IC to find out.
1: Cameron is the only writer on this film, but, uh, but he's not on the sequels. Um, because for avatar two and three, uh, Rick Jaffa and Amanda silver, who did rise of the planet of the apes are, are on the writing team. And that is the most (laughs) intriguing thing for me for avatar two. Um, and then on avatar five, it's the guy, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now but he did Alien versus Predator Requiem. Like that's oh the guy god. that's writing Avatar 5. Um
0: what a fall off. <laughs> yeah,
3: great. Right.
1: So it's and then I don't think there's anybody credited for Avatar 4 at the moment. Um Five I could be. I want to talk to about a
3: film with no characters?
0: My god. <laughs> 4 4 says Shane Salerno. or Yeah, Sal- that's
1: the guy. That's the guy that did Requiem.
0: Yeah, he, he also did Armageddon or was a producer on
3: it, or at least. Another film with no characters. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, this doesn't sound good.
1: Yeah, but at least Michelle Yeoh will be in four and five.
3: All right. So
0: If they approve uh, them, because they've said they're pretty much done with three as well, and they'll put it out. But if two and three don't perform very well, they're not going to make four and five. And I'm like, oh, boy, are they going to cancel it? <laughs> Again, Here, of course, not for the cancellation of jobs and whatnot.
1: Right. No. Well, here's the thing. Two is going to make money. Um because people want to either see what people have been missing out or whatever. Um, but I mean, if, if the original if is the two...
3: highest-grossing film ever made, I would think it would make a bit of money. Well,
1: yeah. and again, the people like me that didn't get to see Avatar in the theaters, even though it's been re-released every year, <laughs> um, the people like me, like, I'm going to go see it in the theater, I'm going to go see it in an IMAX, but am I going to go see three if I feel the same way about two that I did the first one? Probably not. Yeah. So, um, no, anyway.
3: No, it's quite a commitment, five films.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I think it was up. initially announced they were going to turn it into a trilogy, and then it was said that they were going to do a trilogy afterwards. And they're like, actually, no, we're going to do four films. pick Just make, pick up your mind and make up your mind, and actually make it four films or the story. Don't make it the Hobbit where it's three films that could have been one and a half. Hey, so, it
0: worked
3: out great for Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I think I think they've pulled uh... the plug on those films. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. And that that was um, supposed to be five as well. So uh is something about the five films I think obviously uh fits either the story mm. or um it lines their pockets uh, enough.
1: I think you're on to something. Yeah. We'll see. Well, Disney has considerably deeper pockets than Warner, so yeah. Um so um, Yeah, you know, I don't Yeah
3: well, you can I don't know that anybody is particularly movie.
1: good in this movie. I mean you said Stephen Lang and Zoe Saldana, but I don't know that anybody else. Like Sam Worthington isn't. Um. Remember when he was supposed to be the next big thing? Like, because yeah. he had yeah. this in Terminator yeah. Salvation. Yeah, not, not and, much. yeah.
0: yeah. Matt um, Damon was supposed to be Jake Sully originally, and he had gotten yeah. that. that would have been great. Yeah, he kicks himself over that one. I bet. Yeah,
2: right.
1: Well, I think it was Cameron's decision because I think he wanted an unknown. Because I was reading that it was supposed to be Damon, and then maybe somebody else, but then he wanted a more unknown person. Um, and Worthington was um living in a car when he auditioned for the script. So, um, yeah. As you do. Um, Did you guys get of kind
3: Greece. of uh, aliens vibes from some parts of this film, like uh, like the suits that they're in? Yeah, yeah. I think that's intentional. Beavers, it? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think some of that's intentional. I think that's you know uh, I get a lot of Halo vibes too. Like the 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 planes that they use that have the like circular propellers, the helicopters. Like they even call them scorpions. I'm like, that's
3: like practically
1: straight out of Halo. Like, yeah. um, never played
3: it, so can't comment.
1: Yeah, they're they're called scorpions and they're essentially the same thing except if you take the ring around, like they're they're just regular propellers they're not like propellers in a ring. All right. Um, I just googled yeah.
0: Sam Worthington net worth and considering he did this in like two Titans movies with Clash and then Wrath of the Titans, his net worth is $30 million. I don't know anything else he's been in other
3: than those three movies.
1: Uh Terminator Salvation was a big one.
3: There we go. <laughs> that would. Oh, he was um the android, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Good. Um, I don't remember anything he did. To be honest, I remember the character he played. I don't remember. I haven't I'm seen anything.
0: I've seen one and two. I haven't seen three and four. And then I've seen Genesis, and then whatever the most recent one was called. That I kind of dark liked. fate. Dark fate. I kind of like that one, but
1: mm-hmm. more. Genius. He has some decent credits to his name. Um, he's in a uh, Hacksaw Ridge, a pretty small role, but I really like that movie. Um, he's in Everest, which is a pretty decent movie. Oh, who was um, he in that? One of the guys.
3: Oh. <laughs> They're all well, kind one of... One of the guys that like, dies, basically. Yeah, one of the guys. Okay. Probably. Probably not in it very and, much then.
1: Yeah. And then he was in um, Man on a Ledge, which I never saw. But that was like a semi-bake release. And then The Shack, which I unfortunately did see. Yeah. Um,
0: Apparently he's in that like Jennifer Aniston like Oscar bait movie, like we were talking about earlier, Cake.
1: And, yeah. Okay.
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, like, it's... <laughs> nobody's particularly good in this movie except for Stephen Lang and Zoe Saldana but like nobody's particularly bad I know I harped on Michelle Rodriguez earlier but it's like it. she's not necessarily bad it's just like what is she doing in this movie like the character yeah, and the, the actor. you know yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway but this movie is gorgeous it is it, it is entertaining on visuals alone like I said the score is incredible um, I enjoy all the
0: I, combat sequences whenever there's a race through the jungle or like a trial for Jake to have to endure to become a member of the tribe. And mm-hmm. the actual fights are all pretty enjoyable in and of themselves, especially yeah, the, the climax is really good.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Like that's why you still like land on the positive side. I mean, this has been us dragging on a movie for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however yeah, yeah, long It's, it's more
3: been. fun to talk about the things you don't like. It is.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, what are the things you like? It's pretty. It sounds good. Yeah. Anything else? Not really. <laughs> it's really pretty yeah um i did say i, I will say though some of the i watched it on a blu-ray disc um on my 4k player and um, what well, my series x um but the man some of the a lot of the cgi has held up really 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 well um it is remarkable what it managed to accomplish in 2009 um mm-hmm. remarkable but some of them just kind of looked like video game cutscenes now. Like there was definitely moments where I looked, I'm like, this is like Unreal Engine Four right now, and like remarkable for 2009. But like it kind of lost its realism or any sense of like it, it felt off-putting for something that like so much of it looks so good and and has held up so well. And then some of it looks like, oh, I'm watching a video game cutscene, which have gotten really good so like it's it's not necessarily like like, like a huge uh, knock
3: like the tree of souls bit but when they're in there maybe
1: um i'm thinking of like um sometimes where like it's just walking and talking and it's just an avatar walking in the forest uh, and you can tell like there's real trees behind them and then there's a superimposed um sometimes it's even like the trees look fake um the tree uh, of souls things look fine looked fine to me I think uh, because it was,
3: it was, it's uh, like semi-dark or something, it, and it was mostly the, CGI that scene.
1: They nail, they nail the big moments, and that's what's important. But some of the small moments, I just think, didn't get quite as much oh, okay. attention. When they have is the maybe little, what I'm trying to say, easy
0: close-ups on the like faces. That's where I get a little skeptical, but that's to be expected with almost anything. Yeah, through 2015.
1: Look, uh, yeah, and I'm willing to give as much grace as possible because, again, like it's a remarkable feature. 2009 but i'm just like it's almost one of those where i'm like give me a 4k disc you know because like i'm sure it's going to be better you know i i would absolutely buy a 4k disc it's like day one of this movie coming out even though i kind of don't really like the movie i saw it once in the last 13 years and i'm not sure the next time i'll watch watch it again but probably considerably sooner if i had a 4k disc so which i think there is a plan to release one it's just not out yet and that's baffling why is it not out right now yeah, this would be the perfect time to bring it out. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm a out of things to say. I'll just talk in a circle if I don't. So, um, you guys have a, yeah. any other
3: things to say? I wanted to talk about specific moments in the movie that uh, bugged me or something, but I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I remember as I was watching, thinking, "That's dumb. That doesn't make sense," and that, but I can't. I should have made notes really. The I actually can't remember anything
0: hug me was when Jake gets out of the suit, like finally he's in the body. Like we're talking about and he goes outside and there's like two like avatars playing basketball and like, what's her name? Grace, like bricks a shot off the backboard. Like I instantly was like, eh, dang it. Mm-hmm. That's me specifically. And I'm not going to complain about that. I'm yeah. like, sure we're making a shot. Like who cares? Like it could have been really easy for you to do that. But yeah, that's all I got.
1: Yeah. I, I thought about writing down some moments, but I figured eh. I'm okay. I
3: thought I think I maybe I thought uh, cuz it's like nearly 3 hours uh, if I did try and make notes it would just be pages and pages of notes we'd be here forever.
1: Fair. Yeah. Um well, let's uh move on then. Um I I got to ask since you guys won't be on. Are you guys excited for the sequels?
3: Yeah. Fairly I'm excited, so- yeah. I'm definitely going to see it in the in the uh, theater.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'll obviously have to expand on it in 2 weeks, but like
3: yeah, I, I want to check it out, but I'm not necessarily
1: like if a sequel never came of this movie, I would. I don't feel like I'd be missing anything. But because there's a sequel, like, I want to catch it in theaters because I didn't catch this first one. So, Are you familiar expect, with
3: the game... Sorry, go ahead.
1: Expect me opening weekend in an IMAX theater if Same. I can get
3: tickets. Are you familiar with the game Subnautica? I'm not, no. Oh, okay. It's a, a sort of underwater, sort of free-roaming game. Uh, uh, I've been playing it uh, like for hours and hours over the last few months, and uh, this sequel looks a lot like uh, that game. So uh, that, that's something that definitely interest me, because uh, it's sort of like Subnautica, the movie, uh, would be right up my alley, that kind of thing.
1: Sure. Um, okay, well, that'll take us to um, the B-plot. So, we're going to do a best ever challenge of the um, top five most visually stunning movies. Foster suggested this, and I figured, let's um, do this for this time. Uh, but we aren't... I, I made a note, do not include Avatar in this list. Um, because I think... Is it fair to say it should be number one? like <laughs> i wouldn't know yeah probably that. Uh, it, all right at the very least is on this top five right um it should be on everybody's top five it, it's it's fair to say and sometimes sometimes i make notes like don't include the movie that we're talking about and sometimes i say you know whatever include it um, I, would
0: respect I would not in- include it in this because after this long conversation we've had and i would say it's worthy of the goat conversation for that i don't know if i'd say it is but it's definitely worthy.
1: Oh,
3: this will be interesting.
1: Okay, um, did you guys base your lifts off of the quality of the film as well, or just the visual experience?
3: The quality of the film
1: overall. Visuals. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. No, th- that's fine. Like, this is totally fine. It just I should specify. I based it off of, um, yeah, pretty much only visuals. Um, but I picked from my favorite films of all time list, so I didn't like. I didn't pick bad movies. You know,
3: I think I may have factored least in movies. the effects or how good it looked more than the overall quality.
1: Right. Sure. That's fair. And that's, yeah, kind of what I did. So, um, okay. So, um, number five to number one. Um, we'll each give our number five. If anybody has it higher, um, we'll do Trump rules. So, Trump, and then um, we will talk about it whenever somebody has it the highest. So, um, I also want to make note I factored in. Um, like computer effects as well as practical effects. I think all that makes a difference. We're talking most visually stunning movies. I try, yeah, I, I tried to keep it mostly to visuals alone. So, um, we're gonna go in the order um, that I have on my screen, left to right. So we'll go Sam, John, then me. So Sam, what is your number five? Number
0: five is Spirited Away. Trump. Dang it. Fair.
1: John, what is your number five? Interstellar. Trump. Why didn't I what? <laughs> my number five is mad max fury road nope all right um it, look it, it in terms of practical effects this probably has to be the best movie ever um it it's remarkable to look at it's it's insanely good there's only one the very like kind of the last shot as as everything is like um cr- like blowing up and tumbling together and then there's that steering wheel that comes flying dirt through the camera it's maybe the only like not perfect shot in this movie gorgeous cinematography incredible practical effects and really well done like cgi which was used as god intended as supplementary not primary so uh mad max fury road easy top five for me um yeah that'll take us to the number fours so yep. sam Rogue one nope no nope. i thought one. about it
0: Rogue One is the best-looking Star Wars movie. I, With the and or promotional stuff that was coming out a couple of months ago, I went and saw, got a rewatch of Rogue One in an IMAX screening, and it is beautiful to look at. It's such a immersive feeling for that world. For I'd say probably one of the biggest problems with the Star Wars uh, Disney movies, 7, 8, 9, is it doesn't always feel as immersive as the originals or honestly sometimes the prequels, but not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to – argue the merits of the trilogies against each other but what rogue one did that's beautiful is it really feels like this is a lived-in world these are lived-in planets where stuff is happening where it's a different kind of atmosphere with almost every other scene and i appreciate that a lot there's the beautiful space shots of looking up and seeing the death star as it's finishing being assembled or when it's like imposing over the top of a planet and the combat is awesome and visually stunning as well in that respect it's certainly not the a one quality for Star Wars stories, but it's definitely the A1 best looking movie, I would say, of the Star Wars bunch. So I had to give it some credit there. And the IMAX screen that I saw a couple months ago definitely helped.
1: Sure. I get that. Uh okay, John, what's your number for?
3: Pants Labyrinth. Nope. Nope. Uh yeah, this is mainly um for the visuals. Uh, the, the story is decent, but uh it's the visuals that uh make me just uh, love it. Like uh, the scene in the tree with the uh the toad. Um just mm-hmm. The sort of spectacle of uh, everything she explores, um, the uh, the underground room that she uh, goes in when she draws the door with the chalk, and uh, the monster that's in there that that, with the uh, really like the design for that monster with the uh, the eyes in his hands, Mm -hmm. Um, and and yeah, it's just sort of like child imagination just uh, visualized like uh, to to the highest degree. Um, uh, There's like this debate about whether or not it's all real. Uh, at the end. I, I like to believe, actually, that it's uh, kind of not real. I, I, I feel like uh, it, it does, like, embrace the idea of uh, child imagination, and um, it's actually been a long time since I saw it. Um, you know, obviously, the creature you see at the end uh, re- really just sort of brings me back uh, to my childhood, I think, uh, the, the kind of visuals it uh, presents and the, the kind of... The, the story is just sort of decent, but uh, it's, it's the visuals that uh, really make me enjoy that film. Sure.
1: Um, My number four... I wanted to only pick one Pixar film, um, so I picked Wall-E. I think is the best merits for visuals. Um, okay, yep. I like. I think like there's pretty decent arguments to be made. Like you know, like the effects that Rain have in Toy Story Four, or like Inside Out is my favorite Pixar film. But like, I think Wall-E is an incredible. Given the time that they were in advancement, the fact that they were able to pull off that movie when they did, and to pull it off so well, and for it to still look pristine to this day is nothing short of uh of um, a miracle and it is rightfully the first film added to the Criterion collection from Pixar's catalog and I bought it I just haven't seen it yet so I haven't put it in yet I will soon so uh that's my number 4 uh number 3's
0: Sam Lord of the Rings: Return of the King
1: honorable mentions for me
0: It's I get probably I probably honorable mention the rest of the trilogy I could put them all into one if I could but the, the third one really stands out the most to me with just The the practical effects are just amazing and incredibly well done, And especially when you compare it to what they did later with the stupid Hobbit trilogy and how they just grotesquely put tons of CGI over everything when the original is right there and there's so much beauty in the practical effects that were done. There's still, of course, CGI, like the Ghost Army and the elephants and trolls, but Mm -hmm. everything feels real. It doesn't... There's not moments that I look at it even now where I think, oh, that's definitely fake. Everything feels real to me in that movie, and I have to give it props. So,
1: Return of the King.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, John? 2001, A Space Odyssey.
1: Nope. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the movie, so otherwise (laughs) it would have definitely made my list. Oh, okay. I like all the movies that made my list.
3: Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Again, this was sort of mainly for the visuals. I, I I do kind of like it as a movie overall. I I understand why a lot of people don't. Um, but yeah, this is like mainly the visuals. I mean, it, it's over fifty years old and it still looks good now. Uh, mm-hmm. The monkeys at the beginning. I, obviously, that's not a like a big visual thing, but uh, like the experience of that really draws me in. I really love it. And then uh, the uh, the Stargate sequence. Um, just the sort of atmosphere of that scene is uh, something that uh, I really just love. And um, just the fact that, you know, they, they can do weightlessness uh, in space and it, it doesn't look fake at all. Uh, I, sh- I just love how they've managed to do that. Uh, a, a lot of people obviously don't like uh, how long the sequences go on for and, you know, uh, how nothing seems to be sort of happening. But the, it, I, I just uh, it, enjoy the effects uh, and the, like the achievement of the, the, the effects, uh, given the, when it was made uh, just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it just I just can't get enough of it. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, from a story perspective and like a, as a film overall, like uh, I, I can see why a lot of people don't really enjoy it because it's like the, the slow sequences do go on for a little bit too long. But I, I, I just enjoy looking at it so much. It's it's you could argue it's kind of more like a special effects reel than a, a film. But uh, honestly, I, that's enough. Yeah. I, I just love looking at it. Sure.
1: Uh, my number three, color me surprised. I had an animated film higher than a Pixar film, uh, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Um, Trump, yeah, um, there you
0: number come. two, and we're, I'm about to talk, so go ahead.
1: No, you talk about it. You had to hire. No, you you said it first. Go
0: ahead. I'll let I'll, let, I'll... Uh
1: The the combination of of using CG as well as hand drawn artwork to make something so unique and so fitting of the story, the narrative, and the culture that this movie is trying to tell. Uh, it it feels so uniquely Miles Morales, and that's really what it needed to do to separate itself from other Spider Man movies. It's Almost a shame that this is our first big introduction to Miles Morales, like because it's also a big introduction to Spider-Gwen and it still has a good amount of Peter Parker in it. Um, and, uh, you know, and then you have comical elements like Spider-Ham, which I love. Um, but it's 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 such an artistically beautiful film in every category. Um, sound um, and uh, um, uh, in video. Sp- sound is it's certainly key uh, to it. It's one of the best soundtracks of all time. And it's, um, yeah, definitely one of the best visual experiences in a
0: movie. I, everything you say, I would just say, ditto you know, to it. I mean, I love the hand-drawn style to it. I love the little details that, like, show how much these animators love the comic origins that they have for these stories. And I like that even though they all look the same except for Spider-Ham because they're all human-based. Like, they're actually, you know... Penny Parker actually looks quite different than everybody else, but like
1: there is intentionally. Yeah.
0: Intentionally there's every single Spider-Man has a unique feel to them or every Mm -hmm. spider person has this unique look and feel to them and the combat and everything in the movie just begs to be rewatched. There was a great quote from a YouTuber I liked uh, from film joy, like movies with Mikey. And he said, if you pause this movie at any point, that's just like a beautiful frame that you could put up in your house. And I've done yeah. an experiment before and I've paused it at random points and just been like, yeah, he's right. I mean, every single thing here, you could pause it and stop and it's just beautiful to look at.
1: So yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, John, you're number two. This is where I have Spirited Away. Nah. Cool.
3: Yeah, Talk about it. Uh, similar to what uh, Sam was just saying about uh, Into the Spider-Verse, you could just pause this film at any point and it's just a, a beautiful visual. Um, there's just so many great sequences in this, like the the baby, uh, the the scene with the sort of paper aeroplanes, no face as he becomes a monster, uh, the train, the um, oh, drawing a blank on it, oh the the pigs, um, like the the sequence there with the bathhouse. It's just the the story uh, obviously is, is um really compelling. I, I I love it as well, but it, it, I just like uh, thinking about individual scenes and thinking about how uh, wonderful they are, sort of visually. It's just like every single moment of it. I'm just admiring like how, how much creativity there is with the animation i'm not actually the biggest anime fan uh, in the world I, I just i don't know for some reason i just can't get into that much uh, anime in general but uh, spirited away is definitely uh one that i absolutely have Def- without question my favorite anime film that there is um yeah just again like i said about 2001 a space i just love looking at it like every single frame and mm-hmm. marvel at how creative everything looks um and and it's a great story on on top of it as, as well. So it's it's just a great film all around. Nice. Um, my number two. This is where I have Interstellar. So um,
1: I love everything about this movie. I think it's visually genius. Um, the the not just the wormhole scene, but everything. Um, down to set design, prop design, um, the the planets design. I mean, this is one of the most creative endeavors ever. So uh, I just adore it. I don't. Really know that I need to say anything else, Uh, but somebody else had it in their list. So if you have, I I had it at
3: number five.
1: Right? Uh, Do you have anything else to add?
3: Uh, I love the robot. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. a really creative design uh, for the robot and simplistic. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm not sure there's much else uh, I need to add. Really.
1: Okay, that'll take us to our number ones. I really don't think we have the same number one, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, Sam, what's your number one? 1917. Nope. Honorable mention. That.
0: This movie is just a stunning feat of camera work, in my opinion. I don't have any qualms about it losing Best Picture to Parasite. I definitely think that's a better overall movie, but it's it's so amazing what was done with this movie, to have it be in a one-take fashion the entire time, how they cut it beautifully together so it all appears to be a part of this one streaming take, aside from one very obvious cut, which they had to have. It's just a very strong use of cinematography and being able to zoom in on the characters faces when they're going through something traumatic in the war or being able to look, being able to show the grand scale of everything that's happening around the characters is an amazing thing too. And I have to give it props and I'd probably say it's the best visual movie I've ever seen.
1: There you go. Uh, John
3: inception. Honorable mention for me. Uh um yeah again uh this is kind of like uh, spirited away great story coupled with uh incredible visuals uh a lot of the stuff in this i'm just w- sort of wondering how they did it like uh you know the scene in the hotel room where the scene is like literally turning over and over uh like h- how do you uh like even go about uh filming something like that and, and making it actually not look fake <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it- i just still have no idea how they did that um yeah the the idea of uh, like being able to just change your environment as you you walk around uh, it's just such a creative thing um like the the the, uh, the sort of folding of the reality on on top of itself uh, that uh, Ariadne does at one point um uh the sort of affecting one dream as as you're in another like uh, that's just such a creative idea and um I'm trying to think of uh, another like specific scene um yeah uh, like the van falling the off the, the bridge is way as more as the gorgeous goes, than it should yeah, like uh, uh yeah. just just love the the sort of sequences uh, like in the dreams um outside of the dreams it's it's just a sort of really good story as well it's like just a great film overall but it, it's the parts in the dream that are really like uh, stunning visually uh, and obviously just nice. a, a great story overall as well
1: this is really interesting we all have three different number ones that were not on anybody else's list uh i have blade runner 2049 as my number one um this is I love the style of this film. I mean, the costume work, the vehicles, the um, uh, the desolate land in the beginning and the like desolate Las Vegas near the end. Every single this is this is every frame of a painting um, kind of film. I love it. Deacon Cinematography, uh, gorgeous set design. Everything about this movie is great. Uh, Quick honorable mentions. I put uh, Matrix, Pacific Rim. Gravity, I love Pacific Rim, don't judge me. Um, Gravity, War for the Planet of the Apes, La La Land, Arrival, Jurassic Park, La- Last Jedi, that was my Star Wars pick. And of course, uh, really surprised it didn't make a top five for anybody, uh, Dune, I think are all well worth the conversation. Any other honorable mentions
3: from you guys?
0: Uh, I had Dune, and then Everything Everywhere All at Once, Birdman, and the rest of the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
3: Yeah. Uh, the original Blade Runner, uh, The Revolent, and uh, how to train your dragon and children of men as well.
1: Oh, yeah, all great picks. Um, it's man, if I'd have thought about this for longer, that it would have 30 honorable mentions, you know. Um, <laughs> that'll take us to the spin off. Um, so that one thing in any year of pop culture you want to tell everyone to watch or to avoid, uh, Sam, we'll start with you since I know you maybe have to go see soon.
0: Uh, I just wrote a review for it for Sif Pop, so I'll say I'll encourage it again, but uh, this. YouTube documentary called The People You Pay to Wear Shorts about the 2011 and 12 NBA franchise Charlotte Bobcats who have the worst NBA record ever. They went 7-59 and during a regular season, worst winning percentage ever. They lost 23 straight games at the end of the season. They were abysmal. And the owner of the team was none other than Michael Jordan himself. So it is honestly a very interesting take on that. Uh, So I would encourage everybody to watch it. I just finished Andor. Andor is great. And I'm excited about Avatar 2.
3: Cool. Uh, John? Uh, Welcome to Wrexham, which you can find on uh, Disney Plus in this country. I don't know where it is uh, in America. but I believe it's an American series originally. Uh, But yeah, it's about um, Ryan Reynolds and uh, I forget his second name. Rob Rob McElhaney. Rob Rob McElhaney. um, Buying uh, Wrexham FC, which is a Welsh uh, football team or soccer, depending on where you are. Um, and basically, um, Rob's idea was that, uh, the English football, uh, system is kind of like a pyramid system. You can theoretically take like a really small team and uh, build them up, just put a lot of money into them and they can work their way up the leagues, uh, into like, uh, the premier league. Uh, it's, it's a lot like growing a business in the real world. Um, mm-hmm and Wrexham are traditionally a much bigger club than the level which they are at at the moment so they actually have a much bigger fan base than is typical of the league that they're in so th- that obviously brings in a lot of money and obviously uh Ryan, <laughs> Ryan and Rob put in a lot of money as well so it's just a documentary about uh them owning the team which they have for uh, a little over a year now I think maybe a year and a half uh, and just it it takes you into like uh what their responsibilities and the decisions making they have as as owners which i don't think i've seen from a football documentary before uh it's kind of mm. interesting um it's kind of like this unusual take of like a, a player being like the best player in his league and he actually moves down a league the next season because rex and offering him so much money uh I Forget his name actually, Rob Mullen, I think he was called. Um, he's like their Star Striker. There's a lot of focus on him. That sounds right, yeah. yeah uh, they, they focus on the fans, they focus on uh, like people who work for the club, like the groundsmen and some, some of the staff around the grounds, the guy that runs the pub, like right next to the ground as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of focus on Ryan and Rob. Uh, the stuff that they're in actually is kind of scripted, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, yeah, the, the sort of comedic take on it. So, it's unlike any other football documentary i've really seen because it focuses on the owners there's a lot lot of sort of like uh, comedic stuff to it um and um it obviously just just covers wrexham's fortunes over like uh, the season or just over a season actually that they were in charge of the team and uh, yeah I'm yep. really looking forward to the second season which uh, I'm, i gather it is getting um and uh, it's just an interesting kind of window into what it's like to be the owner of a relatively small club that maybe has uh fallen on bad times so yeah. Welcome to Maxim. Yeah.
1: Uh, I've been watching that as well. I'm going to talk about chopped on, uh, I was watching it on HBO. Um, I love chopped. Uh, I was watching, they have a collection of Thanksgiving episodes and I was like, sure, let's do it. Uh, it's just a cooking show. I love, it doesn't need to be said anymore that, you know, Chopped. uh, so that'll do it. That's a wrap. Uh, remember that you can follow uh, John and Sam on the provided places that they listed above. I'll have those down in the episode description below. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd.schweitcastle. And quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA network where you can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to write for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send some feedback or some questions, uh, Writers Room at SifPop.com. Please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening over that way. Next week, I'm talking this uh, nostalgia films with Alex and Alice. And uh, the films are Shrek the Third and Jack Frost. i um, really excited for that. And next month, we don't have this episode because this is a fifth Wednesday. So, uh, thanks guys for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Thanks for hanging out and spending three hours watching a movie and then two talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but that'll do it. We'll see you guys next time.